This final part five, Proving God Exists, presents the big picture. This series represents a tiny fraction of all that could be presented. It could easily have been ten parts without exhausting what's available. And you still would not have shown evidence of any substance to support your position. And all of your arguments would still be fallacious because the big picture is that all of your information and in fact your entire worldview is inane, insane, and just flat out fucking wrong. We will look at what God says in His Word about why so many refuse to believe He exists. God never said anything, and you don't have God's Word. You have a compilation of man-made myths and fables which some people imagine to speak for God. Regardless, no one refuses to believe, unless by that you mean make-believe. No one should make-believe there is a God. What I believe is not a matter of pretend, but of conviction. If someone is unconvinced, it's not their fault, but your fault that you failed to meet the minimum burden of proof required to convince them. It's not that they refuse to believe you. Although, you have shown yourself to be a liar. And those who know that should refuse to take you at your word and instead look up what you have to say uh, to see if other sources might convince them would be a fool to believe you otherwise. At the reason many intelligent scientists and evolutionists remain blind. You're projecting again. We are not the ones who are blind. Faith is blind by definition. You were an example of the blind leading the blind. Those without faith are the ones who are not afraid to see. Again, watch to the end. The World to Come. The Restored Church of God presents David C. Pack, author of 80 books and booklets, Editor-in-Chief of The Real Truth Magazine, read by countless and growing numbers in every nation and territory of the world. In a violent age full of war, famine, pollution, disease, disasters, and economic uncertainty, and ever-worsening bad news, answering life's greatest questions straight from the Bible, and announcing the wonderful good news of the world to come. And now... David C. Pack. World-famous astronomer Carl Sagan came to believe God exists, that no other explanation for the universe was possible. Bullshit. You are such a liar. First of all, Carl Sagan was an astronomer, not an astronomist. Astronomy is not a religious belief. Second, Sagan was always very clear about the ability of science to provide natural explanations for the origin of the universe. He also understood the fact that gods were born out of ignorance and are such a silly idea as to be unworthy of serious consideration. What's your personal opinion? You know, put you on the spot I'm, a little I'm bit. I'm a scientist. So I say I go where the evidence goes, mm -hmm. not what I personally I would like what to believe. What is the evidence as you interpret it? I would love to believe. Your theory. I would love to believe that there was a God who made us, who's looking out for us. And loves us. Loves us. We need love. Takes care of us. And Makes because us we're, because, guides us and because keeps us. Because we're in us. such a mess. We're doing That's things so wrong. Then we would be relieved of the responsibility of taking care of ourselves. The voice would come from up above and, and say, say, Don't pollute stop, the, polluting, stop the chlorofluorocarbons. Right. That's right. But that does not seem to be the case. We have to solve our own problems. We have to solve our own problems. A fascinating quote from his book, Pale Blue Dot, written after seeing a picture of Earth taken from Voyager 1, four billion miles away, brings powerful perspective to objective thinkers. But all of that is apparently lost on subjective want-to-believers like you. That's here. That's home. That's us.
On it, everyone you love, you know, you ever heard of, every human being who ever was, lived out their lives. The aggregate of our joy and suffering, thousands of religions, ideologies, and economic doctrines, every hero and coward, creator and destroyer of civilization, king and peasant, every young couple in love, mother and father, hopeful child, inventor and explorer, every teacher of morals, corrupt politician, superstar, supreme leader, every saint and sinner in the history of our species, lived there on a mote of dust suspended in a sunbeam. The earth is a very small stage in a vast cosmic arena. Think of the rivers of blood spilled by all those generals and emperors so that in glory and triumph they could become the momentary masters of a fraction of a dot. Think of the endless cruelties visited by the inhabitants of one corner of this pixel on the scarcely distinguishable inhabitants of some other corner. How frequent their misunderstandings, how eager they are to kill one another, how fervent their hatreds. Our planet is a lonely speck in the great enveloping cosmic dark. In our obscurity, in all this vastness, there is no hint that help will come from elsewhere to save us from ourselves. Yet the greatest help any could imagine is coming and is just over the horizon. No, you're fantasizing again, asserting baseless speculations as if it were a matter of fact. In other words, you're lying. And you're ignoring what Carl Sagan just said, because that proves you're lying again. You just recited where Carl Sagan said... In our obscurity, in all this vastness, there is no hint that help will come from elsewhere to save us from ourselves. Having no hint of God means there is nothing to convince any thinking person that there is a God. And Sagan, unlike you, was a thinker, not a pretender. Finally, it has been said that astronomy is a humbling and character-building experience. There is perhaps no better demonstration of the folly of human conceits than this distant image of our tiny world. To me, it underscores our responsibility to deal more kindly with one another and to preserve and cherish the pale blue dot, the only home we've ever known. It is remarkable how all of the original sincerity of this beautifully considered sentiment can be ruined when read in your accent, tainted as it is with the arrogance of your ignorance. You are the antithesis of everything that made Carl Sagan great. And importantly, nothing he said here nor anywhere else implies or even allows that he might have believed in yours or any God. You made that up out of nothing, out of disrespect for the dead. Humbled by facts and reality, Carl Sagan knew God existed. You are so full of shit! What could you know about facts, or reality, or humility for that matter, since those who know you say that you think you are personally mentioned in the Bible? It's one thing to assert something as fact when it is not a fact. That's already a lie. But it's a lower level of dishonesty to state things are true that are not only not known to be true, but are known to be not true. And even you know are absolute bullshit. You have no justification or defense for such dishonest deceit. All should ponder his words. Yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do that. If the general picture, however, of a Big Bang followed by an expanding universe is correct, what happened before that? Was the universe devoid of all matter and then the matter suddenly, somehow, created? How did that happen? 
in many cultures, the customary answer is that a god or gods created the universe out of nothing. But if we wish to pursue this question courageously, we must, of course, ask the next question. Where did God come from? If we decide that this is an unanswerable question, why not save a step and conclude that the origin of the universe is an unanswerable question? Or, if we say that God always existed, why not save a step and conclude that the universe always existed, that there's no need for a creation, it was always here. These are not easy questions. Cosmology brings us face to face with the deepest mysteries, with questions that were once treated only in religion and myth. There you have it. Proof that Carl Sagan did not believe in any god, you lying sack of shit. Sagan wondered about the origin of all things, but died realizing he never knew the purpose for life. You can, and we will touch on it at the end. No. If you can't show it, you don't know it. If it can't be indicated or vindicated, verified or falsified, and there's no way to confirm the validity of your claims to any degree at all by any means whatsoever, then you cannot honestly claim to know what you only pretend to know. Especially when what you posit is unsupported, unprecedented, preposterous, and impossible. You still feign knowledge that you cannot and obviously do not actually possess, but you do not do it honestly. You are still lying. Beyond that, there is no intended purpose for life, and I think you are adequate proof of that. Many discuss proofs of God's existence, but none address why intelligent people do not and will not believe he does, no matter what. I'd like to think that you already answered your own question when you said intelligent people. But I know some intelligent people can make themselves believe ridiculous things for stupid reasons. So it's not enough to be intelligent. You have to be honest with yourself as well. Those who are not will lie to themselves, or they'll pay someone like you to lie to them. Because it is not that we refuse to believe or will not believe no matter what. You give me good reason, and I will have no choice but to change my mind. The problem is, you don't have that. You don't have good reason. Your reasoning is deeply flawed, and your dishonesty and your idiocy are not enough to pull the wool over my eyes. Evolutionists and atheists are deeply vested in their only alternative to accepting believing in and obeying God. Why? Because that too is a lie, and not just because ours is not the only option, but because we have instead a desire to understand reality as it really is. And that requires a commitment to truth, which is why all your arguments have always failed. God describes those who refuse to accept the mountain of evidence proving His existence. He is strong and blunt. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold, the Greek is hold back, the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest, obvious in them. For God has showed it unto them. God hasn't shown anything to anyone. Truth is whatever we can show to be true, and nothing you've said meets that criteria, because your belief requires faith. That's why you were unable to provide even one thing that would qualify as evidence. You have a mountain of logical fallacies and unwarranted assumptions, but not one fact that is actually indicative of your position. 
Notice what follows. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. I warned it was strong. You lied. That was so weak. The passage you're citing referred only to a specific group of people at one particular time and has no relevance at all today, other than a comment on how different people's religious beliefs change and grow apart over time. None of those people knew God either. Modern science is without excuse when it chooses to believe evolution and chooses to ignore God's existence. We do not choose to believe what we can prove to be true. Nor do we ignore what does not even exist or that we can prove to be false. Sane people have no choice but to accept reality as it is, as we can prove it to be. That's why religious beliefs match the definitions that psychiatrists give for a psychotic delusion. You've heard, there is none so blind as he who refuses to see. Yes, and you're giving a demonstration of that. If people refuse truth, evidence clear proof of God's existence, it is willful blindness. You're giving a demonstration of that sort of willful blindness too, but of course you haven't provided any proof of your magic imaginary friend. Nothing that would qualify as evidence and nothing you've said has been truth either. Your five-part series has been nothing but a couple of hours of logical fallacies, willful ignorance, bewildering inanity, and continuous lies. Would that I could demonstrate that in a live debate with your ignorant ass. One where your deluded sheep could watch and see you fail to such degree that just their embarrassment for and of you would be enough to cure them of your influence. But, of course, we both already know why you would never allow that to happen. Remember, God states, the fool is set in his heart, there is no God. That too is a lie, because a fool is properly defined as one who too readily believes improbable nonsense from questionable sources on insufficient evidence. <laughs> Whoa, is that you? So it's no surprise that both the Bible and the Quran give the exact opposite definition than the dictionary does, because they don't want religious believers to know they've been fooled. God used the Apostle Paul to underscore the real problem. That's not possible because God doesn't exist. Paul is just some guy who might have made up your whole religion by pretending to speak for God, just like you do and all the wannabe prophets before you. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature, that's creation, and scientists often do, more than the creator, who is blessed forever. If by worship you mean that scientists have respect for and love for the natural world, then yes. But of course the word worship carries the connotation that one must also genuflect and prostrate oneself in obedient submission as an act of faith. And of course no scientist ever did that. Otherwise it does no good for you to try to reverse everything such that you know more than all the experts or that they could ever be as foolish as you have proven yourself to be. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. The margin says, void of judgment. 
then why is it only the science-minded and thus rationally thinking people can show that we even have judgment? This is clearly one more of the lies that men wrote into the Bible. But the moral of this story seems to be that if you don't pretend that God exists, then he has no power and has to give up. Whereas if God really existed, then this story would have had a different ending. Of course, if God really existed, then the Bible would be completely different than it is. God says he gave those who reject him minds void of judgment. They cannot think straight. They can see scientific facts, but cannot come to right conclusions. And you can't get them to. I know. I've tried. Are you sure you really tried? Because you don't seem to have made any honest effort in that direction at any point in this series. All you have done is show that you don't or won't know or understand anything. They won't bend, but will look at you piteously because you are ignorant. Don't succumb to their scorn. Such people are tragically confused. You're projecting again. Truth is on my side, and I think you and I both already know that I can prove that. That's why you disable comments on all your videos. You already know you're wrong and that you're unwilling to correct yourself. Choices they made early on caused God to make his own choice about what to do with their minds. The Bible reveals that God did this to them after they elevated themselves and began worshiping their own thinking. So, not only do these verses demonstrate that your God is not omnipotent, but he's obviously not omniscient either, nor can he see the future, because he has to wait until we do something before he can decide what he'll do next. And then his decision is to just give up. Sounds like an imaginary God to me. Are you trying to prove your God does not exist? Because you're doing a good job of that. Paul describes what this leads to. Also very strong, it reads exactly like the world all around you. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. The Bible teaches the carnal or natural mind is enmity, meaning hostile, against God. You got fornication, debate, and proud boaster. I'll give you those four. That's roughly one-sixth accurate because all the rest are wrong. Except that the natural mind has or should have enmity with the made-up contradictory nonsense that not only has no basis in fact, but which defies logic and also is the source of so much prejudice and intolerance and violations against our humanity, though. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. This is the natural tendency of all human beings, although most would never believe or admit it without God's help. So your God is neither omniscient, nor omnipotent, nor omnipresent either. Keep talking, because you're doing my work for me, diminishing and weakening your God with every comment. Here's why. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it or who would believe it? There is no proof, evidence, fact, logic, or sound reasoning that could ever cause anyone who is unwilling to set aside their natural prejudice against believing in and yielding to the authority of a loving God to accept that authority. But that's not the situation here. You're projecting again, describing yourself. 
in violation of your own ninth commandment. The people you are falsely accusing are not at all like you, in that we have set aside our prejudice and seek to minimize, if not eliminate, our biases and respect only evident facts as proof in accordance with sound logical reasoning, whereas you have rejected all these things in favor of an unwarranted assertion based on an indefensible faith in an imagined authority. We humans long to be connected with our origins, so we create rituals. Science is another way to express this longing. It also connects us with our origins, and it too has its rituals and its commandments. Its only sacred truth is that there are no sacred truths. Temperature systems. All assumptions must be critically examined. Arguments from authority are worthless. AACS readout mode is telemetry. Transducer power is on. Whatever is inconsistent with the facts, no matter how fond of it we are, must be discarded or revised. So you lied about Carl Sagan. You lied about all of us. You lied about science. You lied about your religion. And you even lied about yourself. And you blame reasonable people for not believing you and say we are unwise not to? No, man. Wise men should know better than to believe someone like you. Innate bias against belief in an all-powerful God who tells them how to live keeps most from admitting the proofs you have seen. An outright hypocrisy adds to why atheists and evolutionists resist the truth. Truth, once again, is anything that can be shown to be true and in accordance with reality. Neither of those things applies to anything you've said in this whole series, Mr. David C. Pack of Lies. <laughs> 